discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Bishop Dikewood Mills. Dikewood Mills is the founder of the Lighthouse Chapel International, a denomination with over 2,000 branches worldwide. He is a healing evangelist and the author of several best-selling books. He is also the pastor of the First Love Church, a campus ministry with over 200 branches. The First Love Church is a vibrant church with young, energetic people, full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to Dikewood Mills. That draws us to It's testimony time. How many of you are becoming wiser through the testimonies? This morning we have wonderful testimonies. Please help me welcome Seth O'Connor to share his testimony with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My my name is Seth Akuno. I'm from Central Mataiko Center. And I'm part of the Ashes. My testimony is about how God helped my sister to deliver a bouncing baby girl through our, through our father's prayers and the communion. Last week, Sunday morning, I received a call from the house saying that my sister has been sent to the hospital to deliver. And there are complications, so we need to pray. You know how it feels when the doctor says you have to pray. Yes. So I was confused. I was really confused and disturbed. It even affected my ushering job because I couldn't concentrate. During the time we were having the communion, I decided to take two communions, one for myself and one for my sister. And then during the communion, my father, my, our father prayed and he said, we are going to escape any negative surprises within that week. And I believed in that prayer. I continue to pray over the communion. And when I pray over the communion, I believe God heard my prayers. Surprisingly, when the service closed, I had a call. I received a call from my sister in the hospital. She called me and she said she has delivered a bouncing baby girl by the grace of God. I am encouraging each and every one of us to believe in the communions that we're taking. It shouldn't be a ritual that you just take every Sunday, but believe that it's doing something powerful. And believe in the prayers of our Father. Thank you, God, for what you have done for me. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for a powerful testimony. We have our final testimony. Help me welcome Ori to share her testimony with us. Good morning, church. My name is Ori Jolica. I'm a student of Anakazo Bible School. And I'm, the, I'm a member of the beautiful choir in the house. My testimony is about how God healed my little sister back home through the Holy Communion. Some weeks ago, I was sitting in church when my big sister sent a message to me. And she said that a car just knocked my little sister. And they're in the hospital. And I was very, very depressed. So it was almost at the end when daddy wanted to end his message. And it was time for communion. When the communion was passing, I took two. I took one for myself and one for my little sister. And I believe that God will have done something. Because I couldn't imagine her have any problem. So when, the, when I took the communion, we were praying. I also prayed and intercede for her in my heart. And as I was praying... 
I had a very quick and short vision of a nurse who was rubbing her legs while she was sleeping in a hospital's bed. And then, when I had this vision, I felt a certain peace in my heart. When we closed the service, I went to call my big sister to ask about the situation. And then she told me that they are just in the hospital. My little sister was went to buy something, and some way, somehow, some, a car came and knocked her by the back. And when she fell, a car, the car walked on her legs, and she find herself under the car. It was something. So... They are in the hospital. People rush her. Her legs swallowed. She couldn't move her legs. She couldn't walk. Nothing. And now they were waiting for the doctor to come and do the radiography after that they gave her the first treatment. And I say, okay. So when the doctor came, he did the first radiography. They couldn't find anything. And I called her. And she told me they did the radio, but they didn't find anything. But they want to do the second one because the doctor said that it's not possible. He believed that something is there, but they have to do the second one. So they did the second one. Still, they couldn't find anything. And then he said, "No, this kind of case is after a while you will see her starting developing something. So we have to call an orthopedist to come and check on her bones. So they call an orthopedist the, on Tuesday. It was on Sunday." So Monday, they did all the radiography. On Tuesday, when the orthopedist came, he also did his things. And then still, she didn't have anything, and she was healthy. She was fine. They said, you know what? You can go back home. They give her some medicine, and uh, within three days, she was fine. She was able to walk as if nothing happened to her. So I come to thank God for the powerful blood of Jesus Christ. The communion is not only the bread and the testicles that we have, but the communion is something very spiritual. If if Jesus Christ has told us to take the communion, it means that the communion has a power. So I thank God that my little sister has been healed. I'm from Congo DRC, Kinshasa precisely. And um, I thank God. And I also want to thank our daddy. Because personally, I used to believe in the communion. But it wasn't in that way of believing that it can do some miracle, big miracle like this. So after all the messages, the teaching of our daddy, my faith for communion have been boosted. And even after the situation of my little sister, now I really believe in the communion. I don't joke with it at all. So I thank God. And I believe that you will also have a miracle through the communion. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a shout for a powerful testimony. How many of you are becoming wiser through the testimony? Please, it's time for offering. Take out a very powerful offering this morning. Take out a powerful offering because we're in a powerful house and I believe we are no longer eunuchs, so you need to take out a very powerful offering. Lift up your offering high above your head. Father, we thank you for the blessing to give. Bless the seed that we are given. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Ida.
lying, cheating and stealing. It's his nature. It's the flesh at work. It's the sinful flesh. It alone. Of sin and to go to hell, what can be done? Is there any hope? God so loved the whole world that He gave His own life for us. God's love has to deal, has to deal with it. God's love is not just an emotion.
Shabbat Shalom. 
I know that I have not seen and ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. That is why I want to love you more. So take my life. Consecrated Lord to thee, all my days I give to thee. To love you, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love you more, fall in love with you so deeply. Lord, show me how to. Consecrated Lord to thee, all my days I give to thee. To love you, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love you more, fall in love with you so deeply. Lord, show me how to. you have been prepared for the word ladies and gentlemen it's time for my favorite part of the service bible says eye has not seen neither has ear heard what the lord has prepared for them today the word you're about to hear is taking you to the next level if you are excited Wow. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for how you are speaking to us already. Take our lives and let our lives be consecrated. Lord, today. I want everyone to just pray that God speak to me and let not only speak to me, but change my life in an upward and in direction today marks an encounter a change a forward progression in your spiritual experience with the Lord Father we thank you we thank you we praise you that you are taking us forward whatever we have experienced in you up till today we are going to experience even more 
Thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your love for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, it's exciting to be here. I've been in five countries since I left (laughs) last Sunday. So, we are back. Amen. And the Lord is moving everywhere. Today, I want to share with you on the third and the last but one on, I believe today is Palm Sunday. So, we thank God that uh, Jesus came to die for us. Amen. So I'm going to continue on my very important series on eunuchs in the palace. Isaiah 39 and verse 7. Or from verse 5. Or let's read um, from verse 1. At that time, Merodach, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. Verse 2, Hezekiah was glad of them and showed them the house of his precious things. Alright? And he showed them everything. Alright? Verse 3, then came Isaiah the prophet and said, what are these people? Where do they come from? And he said, they are from a far country, from Babylon. Then he said, what have they seen in their house? He said, there is nothing among my treasures I have not showed them. Alright? Then he said, uh, then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. The days come when all that is in your house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day, nothing shall be left, shall be carried to Babylon and nothing shall be left. And of thy sons, thy sons, right? Which you shall beget. They shall be eunuchs. In the palace of the king of Babylon. He's a real prophet. A real prophet doesn't only say good things. Or good sounding things. He says the word of the Lord. And notice the response. Alright. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah. When you hear a word from the Lord. What are you supposed to say? Amen. Amen. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, good. It's a good policy. Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, moreover, there shall be peace and truth in my days. Amen. So God's punishment to Hezekiah or to the people of Israel was that their sons would be eunuchs. In the palace. Now if you don't have a child. You will not understand this. But when you start to have children. Or you grow up a bit. You would understand that. One of the punishments is what happens to your children. Do you see? And all parents are thinking about their children all the time. Your parents are thinking about. Even when I employ people. Their parents become. Involved somehow. Some, some of the parents are manipulative. And they will ask this like the mother of James and John. Can, can my son have this position? 
Can my son also do this? I want my son to be like this. Depends. We've had so many types of uh, people. You know? So, the punishment was that the sons would be barren. They'll be eunuchs. They'll be castrated. And um, how many want your sons to be eunuchs? Now, God doesn't want our sons and our children to be eunuchs. Now, there is a way we can be eunuchs, and that is we are fruitless as far as God's kingdom is concerned. So, I do not want to give birth to eunuchs, spiritual eunuchs, who produce nothing for God. Amen. Whether you are spiritually a eunuch, financially a eunuch, business-wise a eunuch, huh? you must rather be a mighty child. Turn to Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Do you think you can find Peter? Very good. Now, Second Peter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Amen. You become more peaceful when you have the knowledge of God. You have more grace in your life when you have the knowledge of God. According as his divine power has given to us all things that are necessary for this life and godliness through knowledge of him who has called us to the virtue. Amen. Whereby are given to us great promises so that by these promises we can be partakers of the divine nature. Verse 5. And besides this, give all diligence or be diligent. Then add to your faith virtue or have good virtues. And to virtue knowledge. That means be filled with knowledge. And add to your knowledge temperance. That means be moderate about everything you do. Then add to your temperance patience. In other words, be patient about all the things that are happening. Verse 7. And to godliness be kind, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, be full of charity or God's love has to deal with it. Verse 8. If these things be in you, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. You see, it means you will not be a eunuch. You'll not be a eunuch. Or unfruitful is also a type of eunuch. In the knowledge of our Lord or in the palace. Because you are in the palace of God now. And you are hearing the word of God. So 2 Peter 1 verse 8 tells us that if these things are in you. You will neither be barren. That means you will not be a eunuch. You will not be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So thank God for knowing Jesus. But now that you know Christ, now that you found Jesus, 
you are expected to not just be barren or not produce anything because you found Jesus. Amen. You found Jesus, you must not be barren. So back to Isaiah 39, and this is the punishment. And when I read that punishment, it struck me. I said, Lord, what a wicked punishment you can give at this time. Verse 7, it says, And thy sons which shall issue out of thee, which thou shalt beget, they shall take them away, and they will be eunuchs in the palace. Nobody here is going to be a eunuch. In other words, no one here is going to be fruitless and useless to God. Now that we found Christ, we must be fruitful. And anyone who plants a tree is looking earnestly at the tree for fruit. Currently, I'm having the second experience of my life. I planted a mango tree in my house. For many years, I looked to it to bring forth fruit. But it brought forth no fruit. And after almost 20 years of fruitlessness, I think less than that, I one day looked at it and I said, it's too bad. You must go. And it was gone. Now the same thing is happening again. I brought a mango tree, special mango tree from Guinea. When I went to preach in the crusade, they have special mango trees. The tree doesn't grow tall, it's just like your height. But full of fruits. You just be plucking mangoes. You just do this and you pluck. It doesn't grow tall. And the mangoes are so many and so heavy and so big and beautiful. So I've carried this mango tree all the way from Guinea, Kindia, and I've brought it to my house and I've planted it. First it was small. Now it has grown to the height. It's like this. And I'm watching. And it is not bringing any fruits. It's been about three years now. And when I was in Guinea, I noticed something that among the mango trees, there were some that did not give any fruit. I don't know what they were. They were eunuchs. Eunuch mango trees. They don't give anything for all that you put into them. And this tree, I have watered it. Loved it. Protected it. Cared for it. Carried it specially in a special container. And nurtured it and fed it with my water. And still, I'm getting nothing from it. So it is in danger. How many agree that it's in danger? It's in danger of what? It's like it's occupying space. It's wasting space. So this is exactly what happens with us. God blesses us. Saves us. Loves us. Nurtures us, protects us, feeds us, looks after us, shields us, and then he's expecting something from us. And there comes nothing from us. Then you start to have Isaiah chapter 5. 
Isaiah 5. Let's go to Isaiah 5 quickly. Now I will sing a song of my beloved touching or concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it, gathered out the stones, planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it. And made a wine press to expect the grapes. And he looked towards this vineyard that he had planted to get some grapes, to harvest some grapes. You people may not understand this scripture until you go to maybe Cape Town area. They have all these vineyards or Switzerland, some of these places. They have all these vineyards. And you've planted it and even made a place to, for, to make the wine. And you water the whole place and expecting grapes. And instead of grapes, what happens? Wild grapes come. I'm telling you that there are clear expectations from God for everything he does for us. Yeah. He brought forth wild grapes. Continue. The next verse. Verse 3. Now all inhabitants judge between me and my vineyard. What shall I do? Well, you tell me. You advise me. What shall I do? What else more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done? I mean, what else could not be, have, have been done To you as a Christian, look at people dying. They don't know God. They don't know Jesus. And you can see some people will never be saved. And look at you serving God. God bless you, helps you, financially stabilizes your mind, your life. What else can be done to you? And that I have not done. Wherefore, when I look that it should bring forth grapes, look at what it is bringing forth. Wild grapes, useless grapes that you cannot use. Now, God, I will tell you what I will do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will take away the hedge that is the protection. Many things work because there is protection. You live because God protects you. So many freak things can happen to you and you just die. Do you understand why we say a freak accident? You call it a freak accident. So many strange things. Yeah. And it shall be eaten up. So God is saying that you will be eaten up because you don't, you don't, you don't bring what he's expecting. And I will break down the wall thereof and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. I will just rubbish the whole thing. Do you want God to rubbish you? And it will, it will not be pruned. It will not be digged. Huh? And there shall come up briars and thorns. And I will also command the clouds that they should not rain on it again. God is about to speak to the clouds. Alright? For the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. The men of Israel. The men of Judah. It's his pleasant plan. So what I'm trying to say is that. God is expecting things from us all. You see me, God saved me. I was in school. He was expecting something from me. All the books I've written, I believe he was expecting and more. All the souls, the churches. He probably has a long list of things that he's expecting me to do. 
and fruit that he's expecting me to produce. And you too, there is a list on you. That you, you, you where would you have been? Dead, in prison, a madman. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Something bad. I think dead. More likely dead. Yeah. Were you a bad boy? Hey, I was a foolish bad boy. What is a foolish bad boy? A foolish bad boy is a bad boy who is heading for disaster faster. What kind of disasters were you getting involved in? Trying to buy guns, fighting, carrying knives, selling drugs. I mean, prostitutes, sleeping with them, no condom, everything. Just nonsense. You used to look for prostitutes? Yes, yes. I used to go to, there's a place called Bonnie's. It's a massage parlor with some Russian ladies. You go 50 pounds, massage you and and, and switch out. <laughs> and how did you get saved? I got saved because somebody decided to serve God. Planted a church in Leicester, a lighthouse church, Pastor Joe Boku. I was there. In England? In England, Leicester. Leicester. Go there. I didn't used to go regularly. I'll go once in a while, then I'll not come. He'll come to visit me. The whole room is smoke. We. When he comes out, he's smelling of, of we. we. Kept on coming. When he visits you and he goes back, he's smelling of we. Smelling of we, yes. Because your whole room was full of smoke. Three of us. The other, Three of you? Yes. My friend Emmanuel and Ibi. We used to smoke. The two of them actually were cultists in Nigeria before they came to England. And they became my main guys. Actually, Emmanuel Oton was my father in sin. He really baptized me properly. <laughs> this is somebody who used to live in a smoke-filled room. The whole room is filled with smoke. His father has sent him to school in England to go and learn to be a lawyer. And look at what he's doing. Until somebody, somebody spoke to you? Yes, um... I, a, a guy called Chinidu Mobo. Yeah. We were in college together. Went to do the foundation course. In So, I mean, he used to be weird. He, when we were getting girls, he was not interested in that. He was not interested in anything. He was like a boring guy. You know, but, but one thing, he used to cook. And when we go, he'll give us food to eat. And when you smoke, too, you get very hungry. <laughs> so when, when you smoke, you become hungry. Very hungry. You become munch. Did you know that smoking makes you hungry? When you smoke, you can eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, yeah. So whenever I go, he knows I'm high, but he'll give me food to eat. I'll watch movies. So, but at the point, I entered a lot of troubles. So he gave you, he led you to Christ? No, he invited me to church. Church? Yes, he invited me to church. Then when I came to church, the word of God started coming. I remember one time, I went and deleted all the rap music on my laptop. I didn't understand what was happening to me. Ah, why did I delete it? Because the preaching was coming. Then my friends came, they were laughing at me. <laughs> why did I delete all the music? You know, I'll come back from church, I'll smoke you. But gradually, as I kept on going, kept on going, kept on going, I remember a day, the praise and worship. God just opened my mind and I saw the cross. I saw Jesus on the cross. And, I, and, I, and the revelation was that that was me on the cross. He died as me. I broke down, just weeping. Why? 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 That was the change. Wow. Wow. Somebody invited this young man to church. Many people are smoking so much that the room is full of smoke. With that, when you visit Pentagon, when Pentagon, they are smoking weed there. Block C. Huh? 
Wisconsin. Students, young people. And they are waiting for somebody to... You, you see, some of you came to church alone. You should have gone to that smoke-filled room and told somebody that, you know, brother, I wait for you to change. You don't have a shirt, I'll iron for you. You don't have an iron, I will give you my shirt. And carry them to... You see, when you look at this, you say, wow. And you can easily go to hell. And that's the end of your life. No. And you see parents. So this most parent. If, if somebody, the parent will be dying. That my, my precious son. Whom I dedicated as a baby. Look at what is becoming of the boy. And your name was what? Peter. An apostle. An apostle smoking weed. And just destroying his life. So. Thank God that we started a church in Leicester. Are you glad that we started a church? Hey, I'm, I'm the most excited person about the church, I tell you. Because I don't know what will become of me. And there, were, there was a redeemed church, I remember. But I, I went there and I just gave myself an excuse that, look, no, this church, I won't go, whatever, whatever, I stopped going. No, but when I came, I don't know, I just, just my life changed. Wow. What a powerful blessing. And I want all of us to make it our goal to capture men alive like this. All these type of people, God is going to use us. Do you believe in what I'm saying? God is going to use us to save people's lives. God is expecting from us things. Do you believe that, Amanda? Yes. When he does something good for you, he's expecting, who is not working well? He's, he's expecting, he's expecting from us something. So when you bring forth nothing for God, you are called a eunuch. Uh-huh. Now check your neighbor and see whether he's a spiritual eunuch or I don't know what is he. Are you a eunuch? How many of us believe that we could have brought the whole of Block C here? Block C and Pentagon and where Wisconsin University and where all these people. Yes, they will be saved. They will be saved. Sin will become unpopular on campus. They will be more happy to be in church than to be anywhere else. Hallelujah. So, I want us at this time to seek what it is that helps to make you more fruitful. And the answer is knowledge. Knowledge. John chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. And Adam knew his wife. And then what happened? She conceived. So knowledge of, his, of this woman in that way made her pregnant. Is that not so? 4.17 Genesis 4.17 And Cain knew his wife. And what happened? She conceived. So you realize that knowledge is 
is knowing something makes you fruitful. And why is that? Because knowledge is, is, is basically what makes you fruitful. Now, why can't we make in Ghana cars? Huh? Why don't we make cars in Ghana? Why, why don't we make motorcycles? Why don't we make wheelbarrows in Ghana? Why don't we make corned beef in Ghana? Huh? Why don't we make the chairs you are sitting on? Why don't we make some in Ghana? I mean, what, what comes out of Ghana as a fruit of the nation? What, what comes out of us? Huh? Cocoa? Cocoa comes from the ground. Is there anything we make apart from harvesting beans and cocoa and tomatoes? Dancing? Shh. Why don't we make aeroplanes? Why don't we make guns? We, we don't make any, even cutlasses. Are they made in Ghana? We used to. Why don't we make anything? Why don't we make our own roads? Why, why don't we have Ghana covered with roads from Accra to Kumasi? Just, just, just from here to here. Like how we've done the road around this little space here. Why not? The reality is that there is something that we don't know. Yes. Even if it is even if it's to gather the resources, how to gather the resources, how to let people be rich in the country so that the rich people would pay tax. How to make people prosper. How to make people happy in the nation. There's something we don't know. So knowledge is directly connected to your fruitfulness, to your productivity. It's actually what we don't know. Like you can bring a printing machine to Ghana and they will print. When they finish printing, you know that it was printed in Ghana by the quality, usually. And the same machine is being used in Germany. It was made by Germans. Heidelberg. Why can't we do anything? No, seriously. Even if it is to galvanize the resources, what it is that we cannot do reveals what we don't know. Even if, why why don't we have our own cows and our own chicken? You people, you've been biting chicken. You see that the chicken is very soft. You wonder whether it's a type of fish. But it's actually hormones-filled imported chicken. 
The people who sell it themselves don't eat it. Yes. They don't eat it. They sell it 15 CDs for one. The real chicken which grew up as a normal bed is selling for 40 or 50 CDs for one. That's the healthy one. These are imported ones. They have been given injections, swollen up. Hey. Why? What is it that we don't know? We don't know something. We don't know things. So the master key to productivity and to fruitfulness, whether spiritually or physically or business-wise or in whatever way, is knowledge of something. I'm telling you. Yes. And so everybody here must have faith in knowledge. Like you must have belief in knowledge. You must believe that knowledge is something great and something powerful to acquire. But most of us don't think so. You're just getting a degree and you don't even know much after school. That's why we have Christian books and books. We don't even see it as a valuable thing that has been given to us. Why would somebody invite me to come and speak to them for 30 minutes and fly back? Because they, there's something that I know they don't even want me to. Many times, don't pray for anybody. Just talk to us for 30 minutes and go away. Why? There is something that we need to have in us, which is what I would call like a faith in knowledge. It's like a country that believes in education. That country changes. When a country believes in education, do you see? Then the country, that's one of the keys of, in South Korea. They really believed in education and really took their children to school. That's what made them into a world power. South Korea. Oh, they are getting ready to fight big time. Yeah. It's, 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 you can't, when you are in South Korea, you can't tell where you are. I mean, it's, it's, it's Europe, it's wherever. It's America, it's everything. They do everything. There's nothing that they, they import from anywhere. No, 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 no. You can hardly find a Mercedes-Benz in Korea. No. They are, their own type of Korean Mercedes-Benz is even... It can, you can sit and you press a button, you start, it will start sliding, sleeping. I mean, all these are not in Benz. So, knowledge, oh, and they really, really, really believed in education. Dr. Yongicho said to me, said that when he was speaking in church and he said one day Koreans would make a television, he said people just laughed at him. When he said one day Koreans will make a television, people laughed at him. Huh? <laughs> it was bad, bad. And today, Korea is LG, Samsung, Gold Star. Is it Gold Star? Daewoo. Every car is a Korean car. Every television is a Korean one. Beautiful. So, if you believe in knowledge, you start to like knowledge and get knowledge. But you must believe in knowledge. Most of us don't believe. We don't, like, I may have a book there. And I may have it in front. You don't really believe in it as like this is what. You say, oh, pray for me. That's why you believe in it. But you don't believe that there is something the person knows that you don't know. That if you were to know, would change your life. You think that if he prays for you, a 
superior balloon will descend on you and then you will suddenly supernaturally be prosperous and be blessed. But what you must know is that people know things you don't know. America knows things you don't know. Why don't we have lifts in our buildings? You go to places, the lift is the smallest, easiest thing they have there. We have lifts in even people's personal houses. Yeah, you just press it, you go up and down. We can't repair. You go to Kolebu, the lift is not working. You, the people are delivering on the stairs, delivering all over the place. The lifts don't, we can't do any, even to repair a car. I've had so much experience repairing cars that I come to the place where once the car starts to need repairs, it's finished. They can't repair. They don't understand what they are doing. I can take you right now and show you an almost new car. Something very small, but nobody knows how to repair it. It's almost brand new. It can't move. There's nobody who knows how to just make it work. It's like a new thing. So you must grow in your belief. In knowledge. And then when you have more knowledge, like Second Peter 1, 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 3. Verse 3. According as his divine power has given us all things. You see, God is going to give you everything. Financially, spiritually, and everything. God is giving all things that pertain to life that have to do with this life. And have to do with godliness. How? Through through the knowledge. Read your, this is your Bible. I'm not giving you any, please. Anything I say that's not in the Bible, don't even bother. Through the knowledge. Through the knowledge. So you must start to believe that this person knows something I don't know. That's why his life is different from my life. Wow. And when you do that, you start having faith in knowledge. Rather than bless me and pray for me. Yes. You know, nobody prayed for me to be in the ministry. Now people claim that they supported me but really nobody supported me even when I went to Kenneth Hagen I asked him to pray for me he said I don't pray for people when I'm not under the anointing he stood in front he was standing here I was standing here. I said please pray for me he said, I don't pray for people under the anointing so when he said you only pray for me I said please can I take a picture I said no problem take a picture I stood by him I took a picture that's the only picture I have with Kenneth Hagen that's all he didn't pray for me Benny Hinn says that he never met Catherine Kuhlman. He never saw her, met with her. He was nobody. He was just around. He's never talked to her before, never met with her. What you need transferred from one great person to another is what the person knows that you don't know. The knowledge, grace and peace be multiplied. In other words, many things coming to you through knowledge. Through knowledge. So for me to be able to build Kolegono and move away 
and come into the Kodesh and then move from the Kodesh. And for us all to be together, I'm just coming from England. I mean, we have to restrict the people who, are, who come to the camp. First love people are not allowed to come. They were rest- nobody, can, they cannot come there. These people cannot come because, so that we can fit in. We have thousands of members, literally. I was in Italy with thousands of members from different countries. They are all very happy, flowing, building, doing things. Yes. You know? How is it able to be done? Not just a hand laid on you, but you must ask yourself, what don't I know that this person knows? So when we are looking at America and we are admiring, you have to ask yourself, what do Americans know? They know a lot. They know a lot. They know. That's why when our presidents go to America, they will send a teacher to come and meet the person. Can you imagine if the American president was coming here? We sent Agbogoloshi, uh, JSS 1 and 2 head teacher to go and meet. To go and meet the president of America. No, rather the whole country comes to a standstill. Holiday, national holiday. But when our presidents go there, nobody comes to meet them. Go and check your history and see. Yeah. Our airport even doesn't get, there is no airport so low. There is no airport so low. Huh? And what is it? It's not that somebody laid hands on them. They know something we don't know. And you see, people want the blessings people have, but they don't want to know what they know and they don't want to learn what they have to learn. That's why we stay in darkness. You must learn what you have to learn. Not just, I want what you have. You are burning the flags of the person and you despise the person, but you you despise the knowledge. Fools despise knowledge. That's what the Bible says. So as God has blessed the church and God has made us fruitful, my children who God has placed under my care cannot and will not be eunuchs in this kingdom. Now, this Peter who was giving a testimony just now, after God has saved him, he needs to know something. He's a qualified lawyer. He practices. And he's left his law practice and come to Bible school here. Yes. He finished school, uh, 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 called to the bar, everything, practicing. But you see, even his parents are so happy that he's saved that they will support him to come to Bible school. Now, there is some more that he has to know so that he'll become fruitful in the knowledge and after this wonderful salvation that has happened to him. All of us need knowledge. We need more knowledge so that we can become what God, the reason for which God saved us. You can't be barren. You can't be said that you will never be barren. Second Peter 1, you cannot be barren in the knowledge of Christ. If you are in this church, there's no reason for you to not be prosperous. You cannot because the church is prosperous. If we were not prosperous, how can we be standing here? We don't owe anybody. We don't owe anybody money. We are not by there's no car anybody is driving, we are paying on a monthly basis. There's no equity, there's nothing like that. We are not paying installments. 
you still listening or you are leaving? Rather, you must. Now, you see, you may not know that the correlation. That's why most parents want their children to go to university. And I want all of you, I'm going to ensure that you, you know a lot. If I catch you and you haven't finished your school, I will ensure that you finish your school. If I see that you can do more school and you are going more, I tell you, till I finish with you. Yes. Is it a good policy? You are going to finish your school. You can't come as an ignoramus. What are you going to do as an ignoramus? If not been to school. When you have not been to school, that's why you are offended about so many things. When we call you, come say, why should you call me like that? When you say, come sit down. Your mind doesn't go far. You don't think much. Far. Your far thinking is not working. Hallelujah. So you must make it your quest to know and to know and to know and to know. Hallelujah. Are you going to make it your quest to know many things? Hallelujah. Now, there are types of knowledge that you must have. Number one, you must have the knowledge of God. Yes, knowledge of God. There are different dimensions of knowledge. Colossians chapter 1, 10, verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto... Colossians 1, you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You must grow in knowing more about God. The knowledge of God is one primary dimension. Because in Romans chapter 1, it says that they did not want to retain God in their knowledge. <laughs> huh? Look at it. They did not re- like to retain God in their knowledge. So today, in Europe, they don't want God. God know. That is why they have accepted wholesale the idea that a 10 year old child can come and say I am no more a boy and I am a girl and next week when you come to school everybody must see you as a girl and they change into a girl and they are orienting them from that age that you are not a boy but you are a girl Can you believe it? Educated people. People who have done science, have discovered stars, moon, sun, everything. And now, suddenly, no, I I know somebody, they they came the week, he said, uh, twins, one is going to be a a, a girl, and one is going to be a boy. And they they make their children to do this. It's because people don't want to keep God in the knowledge, they have now discovered the sun, the moon, the stars, and they've pl- discovered the planet, sent vo- uh, spacecraft, they've seen it, Jupiter, fantastic, Saturn, all these planets, amazing. But God, the knowledge of God, no, we don't want to have anything about God. People are now cutting off their genitalia to change. Yes. 
You go. That is what they are doing. Everybody say, I want the knowledge of God. Yes. How many want to know more about God? Hey. And then the knowledge of Jesus Christ, Philippians 3 8. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord. The knowledge of Christ. That's why I was preaching about Christ and his private interviews. And I want to preach about Christ and the traditions. And Christ and this, Christ and that, Christ and the knowledge of Christ. Christ and his estimate of a soul. That's the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's a very important knowledge to get to know about Jesus Christ more. When I was in Israel a few weeks ago, I was amazed as I was just analyzing his ministry. Very small area he ministered. Very powerful. Jesus was not, was not a man. Hmm. No man can preach in just a short time with the, in a short few little area and suddenly the whole world is changed by him. No, 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 no. Cannot be. Jesus' ministry was like in Kumasi and that was all. Kumasi to Lake Busuntri and back to Kumasi. And it's the whole world. We, we mentioned the date in relation to when he was born. And the whole world mentions the date and the time of year in relation to when he came. Jesus was not an ordinary person. No, 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 no. He, I mean, an ordinary person cannot know when I was in prison, you didn't come. When I was sick, you didn't. You, those things, you know it with maturity. You know it with experience that you have to visit a prisoner. You have to love the sick. You have to love the poor. Those things, it comes with sadness and experience. 29 years old, 30 years old, how will he know all these things? So we must learn about Jesus. Jesus Christ is a very important subject. And the more you learn about Jesus, ah, I learned something wonderful about Jesus. Maybe later I'll share with you, but I just, I'm just amazed about Jesus. So the knowledge of God is there. Beautiful. There's a knowledge of Jesus. Recently I showed you the sun. You, if you have that picture, the sun, Rigel, Aldebaran, the stars. You see the sun is very small. Beetlejuice. Very small. And uh, you see that God made all these. Hmm? And we are in it. The next one is the knowledge of the truth. First Timothy 2 verse 4. Who will have all men saved and come to the knowledge of truth. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. He will have all men saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So we must grow in our knowledge of truth. Now I'll tell you something about truth. Truth is not nice. So when you hear people, everything sounds wonderful, nice and good. It's off. I'm telling you that you are hearing just a part. The things that sound funny and make you squirm in your seat, those are the truths. Jesus didn't just come and massage people's ears. He spoke, he said, you vipers. Hypocrites, whitewashed walls. You are of your father, the devil. 
Satan, get thee behind me. That's how he spoke to Peter. Satan, get thee behind me. That's the truth, truth. It's not nice. That's why grace and truth came by Jesus. Like you always need some grace to add to the truth. Because Charlie, it's just truth, truth, truth. I mean. <laughs> yes. So let us be attracted to truth. Don't be attracted to smooth talking. Everything is nice. When you hear something that is blowing you up and is knocking you and, 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 and is direct and it seems to expose you, don't run away from it. You need the knowledge of the truth. Otherwise, you build your life based on delusions. Some of you, you wear a dress. You don't look nice in the dress. Then you go out and somebody tells you, you look very nice. But you don't look nice. And all your life is based on a deception. That you look nice. Well, you don't. The person was saying that the dress is nice, but you in the dress is not nice. The dress is a nice dress, but you in that dress is not working. It's not working. I have seen so many sisters who are not looking nice, but who feel that they are looking nice. I can see from the smile on their face that they feel they are looking nice. And they, they are happy moving around. But they don't know that they look so odd. And so queer. And when you say, if you make it, oh, this is not working. They may say, but everybody says it's nice. Everybody is saying that the dress is nice, but not you in the dress. So, don't build your life based on deceptions yes and we should be looking for people who will speak to us the truth the knowledge of what is what is true yes that's why NDC lost power <laughs> yeah. they don't have the knowledge of the truth most people when they are in power they don't have the knowledge of the truth when they come out, they say, ah, why didn't we know? All? But we, when we are not in, we are who, we who are ordinary people. We see, we ask, we ask ourselves, these people, these people, what are they thinking now? Yes. They, the government was shocked that people voted massively. Even if you want to rig, you cannot rig. They, everybody said, Go. No rigging, just go. And they thought they were in a comfortable lead. Or you forgotten they said they were in a comfortable lead. They are cruising to victory. Why? It's because you don't have the knowledge of the truth. You are deceived. Because when you are up in the castle, you don't know. Even what is going on, people are talking about, they don't even know. Because if there is doom so they don't experience it. Because the generators come on. Vroom. They don't drive on the roads. We drive on. If they even go on the road, they have penny, penny, pew, pew. Everybody will show. They don't experience the traffic. They don't put on a tap. There's no water. You, you can't find the president going to fetch water. The water will be running.
Is it not true? So one of the true, one of the types of knowledge you need, one of the dimensions is the knowledge of the truth. And it's not nice. Most of the time. But God is going to give you the knowledge of the truth. Tell somebody, I'm not afraid of the truth anymore. Some of you dislike people who tell you the truth. When they, when they speak the truth, you don't like him anymore. Mercy. Are you there or you are leaving? Wow. Is it the rain that is coming? Charlie, the weather is not easy. And then the next one is the knowledge of his will. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. The next knowledge you must know for your life. First is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of Jesus. The knowledge of the truth. Now the knowledge of his will. Yes. For this cause since the day we heard it. We don't cease to pray for you. And we desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. His will is different from the knowledge of the truth. What does God want for you? Who does God want you to marry? God wanted Joseph to marry Mary. And that was it. He needed her to be married to to Mary. That's all. Yes. God has his will for you. What does he want you to do? That's the best thing you can ever hear. When you know the knowledge of his will, you are so safe. So all of you, my children here, I am always praying for the will of God. Like, does God want you to be here or does he want you to be there? This is a knowledge we really need to have. Do you understand? Your, your safety depends on this knowledge. Yes. Knowledge of his will. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. That's why Jesus prayed for three hours. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. As for me, I want, you must be such that God points to an 83 year old woman and says, this is your wife. That's it. You just go and pick her with the gray hairs and say, honey, I love you. I love you, baby. Huh? With her walking stick, you just take her. She's your bride. Wow. Are you ready to do the will of God? If God doesn't want you to marry, that's it. Tell somebody I'm ready for his will. The next one is the knowledge of the holy. Proverbs 30 verse 3. I neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. I don't know much about holy things. I have not the knowledge of the holy. Now we must learn about holy things. When I say holy, special to God. You must learn about what is a man of God, what is a prophet, what is a spiritual father. What are all these things? You must learn more about holy and special things. Things that are special to God may not be special to you. And at Revival at 7, we are talking about some of the special things that are special to God. 
Revival at seven, which starts at six. Because by seven we'll be revived. Yes. We must know more about how many want to know more about God, the holy things of God. Beautiful. Beautiful. You are going to know more. God is going. And the next one is the knowledge of a woman. First Peter 3 verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Giving honor unto the wife. A woman is an unusual creation. It needs knowledge to handle. Hey! I mean, you may think that there are two types of creations. Men and women. No. There is one creation and one special creation. And you have to know how to handle. Yes. Handle with care. And knowledge of dwell with them according to knowledge. So, those of you who are not married, you have to know how to stay according to knowledge that you need to have. Because some of you are being charmed, you are being hunted, but you don't know that you are you are a prey to somebody. You don't even know what is happening to you. Huh? Something is working on you. You don't know what is working on you. Yes. When you marry, you have to know how to. A woman is not. You can have two brothers staying together. There will be no problem. For years and years and years. This one has gone out. This one has come. This one has gone out. You didn't open the door. You didn't close this. You didn't do this. You didn't. Do this. There is a flow. Go and bring a woman. The whole thing is changing. That is why Jesus didn't marry any woman. Yes. If it was so good and so wonderful, why didn't Jesus marry? And why didn't John the Baptist marry? And why didn't Apostle Paul marry? People who are operating at a certain level, they knew too much. Have you ever heard of John the Baptist's wife? Do you think John the Baptist's wife would have allowed him to wear panties and go preaching? So God wants you to have knowledge. And you as a woman too, you should have knowledge of yourself. Because you need to know yourself. Because you find that many ladies deny the realities about themselves. Like if they want to go shopping. So I, I, I'm not buying anything for myself. It's just for my, it's just for, it's just for this. But it's not true. You like shopping. And you should just accept that. Look, this is how I am. I'm, I'm created for shopping. Everything they are, they don't want to admit it. Knowledge is going to make you fruitful. Jeremiah chapter 3. I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Amen. So God is giving us knowledge. 
So many of us are sitting by the books that I have written. To you, I wrote it to you for you to understand. We don't read. And you want the results that somebody has. Can you imagine a secular university inviting me to come and give a lecture? Me. Yes, I've been invited by a secular university. I went to speak. On how, because they, they couldn't understand how can an organization start here in Ghana and be in so many nations. And they saw it. The model. People are studying it even. And we are sitting by it. Watching it. Wishing. Just pray for me, pastor. Pour oil on me. Breathe on me. Where did you learn all these things? Huh? Yes. What you need is what the person knows that you don't know. And you're if Ghana knows what America knows, don't you think we'll be flying? We'll be making yes. How to have a democracy, how to have a president, how to do all these things. God is showing us the power of knowledge. And that is why the pastor's life and ministry is to bring you knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter two, and we are ending. Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, making manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. A minister is bringing you the smell and the scent of God's knowledge in every place. Knowledge of God. God is making you to know. What it is you don't have is you don't know what the person knows, truly. If Ida is singing... There is something you don't know that she knows. Even though you are a singer. (laughs) Yes. Ida has been to about four or five countries in the last few days. There is something you don't know. It's not just always a blessing. Oh, there's somebody laid hands on her. Oh, that's why she's... There is something you don't know. Even if it's the knowledge of humility. Of to know how to be humble. Maybe that's all that you don't know. You don't know how to be humble. How to behave that you will be elevated. That you will see certain things in your life. Maybe that's all. You just don't know it. There's something you don't. As for me, I'm always doing there's something I don't know. These days I pray, Lord, deliver me from my blind spots. What is it that I don't know? When I started to discover about the sun, the moon. Anytime I describe the stars, the sun, an atmosphere comes. It's almost like the awesomeness of God comes into the room. There is something you don't know. If you knew it, you would be able to do things that somebody is doing. Yes. You have to believe that. I want you to have faith in knowledge. Yes. Have faith in the power of knowledge. Have believe that there are things you don't know that you need to learn and implement genuinely. Your life will change. When you see a lady marrying, why is she married? Why is she still married? And why did she get married? She knows something you don't know. People who are not as beautiful as you, they are getting further. You with your beauty. Who is that? And 
finally, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 9. As we close. And moreover, because the preacher was wise. If you have a wise preacher. He still taught the people knowledge. He gave good heed. And sought out. And set in order many proverbs. So, if I'm here teaching you knowledge. I'm teaching you this morning. Have faith in knowledge. Believe that there is something you don't know. I believe there are things I don't know. It really helps. It really pushes me. When I'm reading, when I'm reading my Bible, when I'm studying, I feel, Lord, I want to know what I don't know. Show me knowledge. When I open books, Lord, teach me, show me. This book shouldn't get finished. What else is there in this book? It's changing my life. It makes me bear fruit that I wouldn't bear. Have faith in knowledge. Believe that knowledge can and will make a difference. You see, in Ghana, if we were humble, we would just say, we don't know, we don't know how to run a currency. Come and take over so that we learn how to do it. We don't know how to do industries. Come, take over we want. Please, we don't know how to make roads. We don't know how to develop. We don't know how to lead. We don't know how. We don't know how. Show us. But we are not humble. We don't accept, we don't accept that we don't know. We think we know, but only the circumstances and resources and finances and wealth issues and so on. That is why. You don't know. You don't know how to make oil turn Ghana into a rich country. You don't know. We have oil. We have got to nowhere. And Finland, they have oil. Look, they are fantastically rich. We don't know. We have got oil. It has made us owe more money. People don't know, don't know even how to govern, how to lead, how to make people prosper. All rich people have hidden their money somewhere. Yes. We don't know. If you would only say, I don't know, then you start to begin to know. And when you think you know, you don't know. And then you sit in darkness. If you knew what I knew, you would do what I'm... You would not be as poor you are. I know something you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> At least in the work that I'm doing, I'm successful in it. And God is going to make you successful too. How many are going to grow in knowledge? So when we give books, you shouldn't think of it as nothing. No. It's a blessing. Read it. How you can become a strong Christian. I gave you. You won't read it all. You read and study, read one page by page and say, Lord, show me what I don't know. Your life will start jumping, 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 jumping. I'm telling you. Hold your Bible say, Lord, show me what I don't know. This book cannot finish. My Bible cannot get finished. I'm reading it every day. It, it cannot finish. It's too good to, for, to finish. I'm getting something new every day. That knowledge, believe that knowledge is what will change you. Knowledge will make you happy. Knowledge will make you have a happy mind. Knowledge will make you have a beloved. Knowledge will do so much for you if you only knew. But actually, you don't really know. Our government are the best example of people who don't know things. And we are also the second best example of people who don't know things. If we knew, everything would be different. How many are going to pray for the Isaiah 11 2. Pray for the spirit of knowledge. Put it up. Isaiah 11 verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of understanding. 
Look who, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, and what? The spirit of knowledge. Knowledge. It's a spirit, oh. It's a spirit. You are going to be the most knowledgeable Christians ever. God is going to use you because you are knowing more. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I want us to pray for a moment as we close. I want us to pray for the spirit of knowledge. Lift your hands and ask God, Lord, give me the spirit of knowledge. Help me to know what I don't know. See what I don't see. Learn what I don't know so that I can accomplish what I have never accomplished since I was born in this world. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Lift your hand and call on God. Lord, touch me with the spirit of knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. By the knowledge. Bible said, because the preacher was wise, he still taught them knowledge. What a blessing. Father, thank you. Thank you for touching our lives with immeasurable knowledge, beautiful knowledge, wonderful knowledge. Show us what we are too proud to accept that we don't know. Give us the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge of your will, the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge that we need. Thank you for your blessing. Thanks for your power. Thanks for your mighty spirit that is released upon our lives today. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you are here tonight, this morning, you don't know Jesus as your savior. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to God. And I want to know Jesus as my savior. If you are here like that. Lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you right now. Lift it up high. God bless you. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you were invited. I don't know who brought you here. But you know that you are far from God. And you want Jesus to come into your life and change your life today. God bless you. God bless you. I see all your hands. If you've lifted your hand, come quickly to me. Come to the front. Now, come to me here. I'm going to pray with you right here. Come. Maybe somebody invited you. But you realize that you don't know God, you don't know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus. Come, come, Give come. Him your life today. Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Come on to Jesus. Come on to Father, lift your hands. Say, Lord Jesus. Everybody join me. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I accept you as my Savior, as my Master, and as my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, I love you. I accept you as my Savior. As my Lord. I'm sorry for my sins. Wash away my sins. With the blood of Jesus. From today. From today. I open my heart. I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. 
Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. Thank you Lord. For saving me today. In Jesus name. Now lift your hand and say Satan. Satan. In the name of Jesus. I will not follow you again. I will not obey you again. I belong to Jesus. I will serve Jesus Christ. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by the preaching of God's word. For audio CDs, DVDs, books and other resources by Dykewood Mills, please visit our website at www.dykewoodmills.org. God richly bless you.